Hello and welcome to episode four of the Icebox podcast. I'm your host, Toast, and I'm joined with my co-host, Pib. And today's guest is going to be Dr. M.D. Bobbity Boy, returning, uh, this would be the third podcast that he's been on of mine, right? Third or fourth? Uh, I think it's the third. I thought it was the third. I think it's the third. Because you did, when you were on at least two times when we did the Swiss cheese. No, I think this is four because there was the time that you were on and then Tet was on with you. And oh, then yeah, we right. did, right. yeah. Yeah, because I, yeah, that's right. Because I was only thinking of the two times I did it with uh, Solo with you guys. So yeah, this will be the fourth. Good shit. Nice. So why don't you tell uh, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into the topics. About me? Yeah, just whatever the shit you wanna fucking say. Okay, well, let's see about me. Well, I mean, recently um, I started working for myself, one hundred percent. So that that's cool. It's been uh, like about three weeks, I guess. So uh, the last three weeks of my life has been like the craziest and most busy it's ever been but it's good because I got work so that's always good but um other than that you know I still have my daughter so she's like 17 months now and uh yeah you just constantly have dogs at my house just an outrageous amount of dogs all the time at my house I will let them know but yeah other than that that's pretty much that's pretty much what I've been up to recently Oh, yeah. So what are you doing as a uh, walk, if you don't mind me asking? As work? Oh, yeah. So I'm a dog uh, caretaker. So Oh, that explains all of the dogs. Yeah. So basically anything you need with a dog, I got you. You know, like taking it to the vet, taking it to the groomer, walking, training, all, everything. Hell yeah. Well, what if I want to breed my dog? Do you do that or no? Uh, no, I actually don't do dog breeding. That's like one of the only things that I don't do. Oh, heck yeah. But uh, I've thought about it before, but uh, yeah, I just never done it. But uh, yeah, so my I have a couple chihuahuas, so um, I would think about maybe breeding my chihuahua just to hit more like puppies just to own yeah dogs are definitely fucking one of the best animals ever oh yeah love dogs i've always had dogs my whole life growing up ever since i was a little kid same from russia to the u.s wait have you always had lizards have you always had lizards dude I believe Toast has left us temporarily. Oh, I didn't realize. Fuck, sorry. My my mic got muted because my girlfriend started talking to me. No, I. That's funny. This podcast, it's uh, I own exotic pets, you own dogs, and fucking Pib owns cows. And I used, we could own Chechens, but no, that's fucking morally wrong. <laughs> 
Which leads us actually into our next topic. So okay, hold is... on. What the fuck did you order? So, oh, time out. Ray ordered some food through like something where you get groceries and asked me to go to the lobby to pick it up. It is fucking two cases of bubble tape. What the hell? Your sister works in mysterious ways. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's all one fucking flavor, too. <laughs> all right. So, anyway, where I was. So, today's topics are actually. So, for anybody listening to this on release, happy 4th of July, I suppose, or as I put on Twitter, happy Magic Napkin Independence Day. Um, <laughs> the day where America, with the help of Martha Stewart, we bailed against the British Empire. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> is your bit of pib history with Martha Stewart led the Revolutionary War? Even though she was not alive at the time, in my world, she was. <laughs> so, Martha Stewart and Danny DeVito. This was actually unplanned, but today's topics are actually going to be uh, insurgency groups, insurgency, and guerrilla warfare, which I have read lightly on all topics and or listened to from professionals. <laughs> Or people who at least understand that on a professional level. I don't really know if you can you be a professional insurgent? Like, could that actually be a job? Mm, I guess if your whole if your group somehow paid each other to do it. Actually, I mean, yes. I mean, I, I was about a, to say uh, the CIA exists. Well, um, see, I got a job offer not too long ago to play as an insurgent for US military training. So yes, I guess. Technically, you can be a professional insurgent. And, you know, I was reading the interview. I'm like, oh, this looks kind of like, yeah, well, you don't get running water or electricity for, you know, to feel real. And it's like, no, thank you. (laughs) You have to shit in the hole out. (laughs) And fuck a goat, just like the real ISIS. All right, so um, for almost all legal measures, I will say that most things that we say that we would be doing are in Minecraft for this podcast, Uh, if we said that, if we were to do them. Though at this point, I believe... You got to say in Fortnite for the kids. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, we're we're doing it in Minecraft and Fortnite. That's what I'll play Fortnite on Minecraft. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Okay, shut the fuck up. Um... So I guess we should start with uh, this was a question I wanted to ask all of you because I I, I know what Pibs is at least I think so because you'll meme it. But favorite historical insurgent group? The American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, what would be, what do you think, like, when I say favorite, I don't mean, like, oh, these are the guys I look up to. (laughs) I mean, like, what is the one that you thought was probably most uh, either admirable or successful in its tactics? Okay, uh, then I'll go with the uh, right army from Russia. The Bolsheviks? Yeah, the ones that just basically eventually said, fuck you, no. Okay. Oh, you know what, fuck it, I'll go with the... 
the fucking poles in World War II. Okay. What about you, Bobby? Any small town that fought against the government is based. Oh, okay. Okay. I would have to go with the I heard Rako's on fire right now. <laughs> uh, the Battle of Athens. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some what American I was thinking. I knew exactly what you were talking about. I would say the IRA. Oh, of course you would. <laughs> the only difference is they fuck sheep, not goats. Fuck off. <laughs> you have that one joke. You have one joke on that. And the uh, the uh, the people of Athens, they probably fuck dogs then. Okay. Well, you know what? I've got two jokes for the IRA. Fucking sheep and Northern Ireland. Fuck you. You. You need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that we've got that out of the way, we can kind of start basing like our uh, insurgency conversation on things because people will know where we're kind of biased coming from. Because if I had to choose for my insurgency group, it would probably be in between the IRA or the Mujahideen. Fuck you. <laughs> so you say American citizens, uh, Pib says the CIA, and I say the... Oh, no, you say the polls, right? You said the polls. Yeah. All right, and I said the Mujahideen or the IRA. So this is where we can kind of get going off of here, so... Uh, I would say Native Americans fighting their land. Okay, that's pretty based. All right, all right. So Native Americans, uh, American civilians for you. Okay, cool. So that kind of means (laughs) shut up. We're not. And the Ukrainians. This is just the entire podcast. Us listing off literal like insurgency groups. But somehow, Bobbity stays within, like, the Northern Hemisphere. Um, the North America. Okay. The so, RUF. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so guerrilla warfare tactics. Um, <sighs> the only way to win against someone that has a very much bigger fucking military than you do. Anyway, yeah. So let me look up guerrilla warfare tactics by definition, all right? Or just guerrilla warfare by definition. Rest in peace, Harambe. Not gorilla warfare, gorilla. <laughs> I hate you. The I hate you so much. Of two years. <laughs> So, oh, god damn it. So, guerrilla warfare. So, guerrilla warfare is a form of regulated... So, I had to find this on Wikipedia because there's no actual terminology for it. Unless, of course, I want to turn off my ad blocker. But guerrilla warfare is a form of irregular warfare in which small groups of combatants, such as paramilitary personnel, armed civilians, or regulars, use military tactics including ambushes, sabotage, raids, petty warfare, hit-run tactics, and mobility to fight larger and less mobile traditional military. Off of that, 
of guerrilla warfare tactics, what would you say is actually probably the most effective? IEDs. Yeah. I would say car bombs, yeah. and that's about the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, no, but, you see, that would be a, uh, uh, I think y'all call it a vehicle bone explosive. That's probably correct. I mean, IEDs and car bombs are kind of similar because, like, the IRA, so uh, the IRA basically would park a car or they would use a parked car and they would rig it that way. It, they would just, it would detonate when either they wanted it to or they started up the car, from my knowledge. I haven't actually looked extensively into how IRA rigged car bombs. They do it a few different ways. Yeah, I know that they did it a couple of different ways. Um, off of that note, why do you guys think that they're so effective? Well, let's use this. Like in the Caucasus Mountains, there's fucking intelligence. But you can't just go shooting every civilian because all you're going to do then is actually make more fucking insurgents that won't you dead. If only the U.S. military would learn from that. Um, but no, no so why? why? Uh, if you don't have the same firepower that your enemy does, then, you know, when uh, like the Taliban people... <laughs> playing IEDs everywhere it's because they're trying to blow up our like armor fucking cars and shit okay yeah I would actually say uh in steel sphere it does I mean especially for somebody who was uh VDV and on the ground like you could say that firsthand uh any kind of rig- your asshole puckers up anytime <laughs> you walk near like a pile of trash or fucking rocks or pretty much anything. Like if you shoved a piece of coal in my ass some of those days, I probably would have made a fucking diamond. <laughs> yeah, no, I would say that it's not as much as the damage that they can do. Because don't get me wrong, IEDs, car bombs, anything along that category of that almost roadside you know explosive style kind of things because i mean car bombs are technically roadside <laughs> roadside explosives but um anything along that kind of idea like it instills fear and i'd actually say that that does as much if not more damage than when they're actually detonated well it does because you've got to look at it like this if i'm worried about ieds i'm not focused on looking out for the fucking threats yeah. I'm looking for a fucking IED, and then whenever the fucking boogie boo up in the mountains pops out and shoots me in the mouth. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, Bobby? What's that? I said, what are your thoughts? On IEDs? On what we just said. I mean, yeah, I agree. It's definitely... Uh... I mean, it's just a way to level the playing field. Yeah. That's what you're trying to do with guerrilla warfare. That's like the whole idea is that you're going against, you can't fight the enemy head on. So you have to go, you know, a roundabout way. So it's like to, you know, even it out because your enemy is much stronger. Of course. 
what would you uh, and another thing with ieds and this is this comes from listening to and reading so conventional militaries have a lot of it takes a lot of time if that makes sense they lose they move in large units and the slightest inconvenience can you know slow them down you know so even if you aren't so say you know say your guerrilla warfare group right has a distinct way of planting something like IED or a way of setting up a car bomb or this, that, and the other thing, right? Um, that's going to force any military squad to stop, get in a bomb squad, and you've wasted, you know, 30 minutes, to an hour, two hours of their life. Like, I think that the best part to insurgencies and guerrilla warfare is that you get to pick your fights. Yeah, there's another way to level the playing field. Yeah, like conventional military rarely gets to pick their fights. I think the time that conventional military picks their fights is when they're busy dropping bombs on you, you know? Yeah, that, speaking of which, that one of the first things I saw today on Twitter was like a one-minute completion of just America dropping bombs on different countries. That must have been depressing to watch. Yeah, it was. It really was. I used to think that those like bomb detonating videos and all that, and, like you know, watching drone strike videos and all that were really cool. And now it's just, well, now I'm just depressed. And you know what's fucked up is, uh, you know, unexploded bombs, mortar shells. The enemy's going to fucking drag that off and then kill your buddies with it. Yeah. So what Russia would do is you'd fuck with the fuses on your own shit and then just leave them somewhere. And then when someone came to drag it off, it would usually blow up. But you see, you don't want to kill them. You want to maim them because then that just mocks them in the village for who's been fucking around with it. Then you kill them. (laughs) Yeah, preferably in front of some of the other people to show them that if you don't revolt, you'll be treated right. And if you do, pop, pop. I feel like Russia took some guerrilla tactics and put it, not even just guerrilla, they took some insurgency tactics and put it into like their actual warfare. <laughs> because that's shit that like, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's what like, any kind of like authoritarian like military regime as kind of stuff does is make examples of people americans don't exactly do the same i think that- now i should state that that was a joke if you name them we they normally got drug off to a russian prison where i'm sure they were treated yeah right and not uh <laughs> not tortured <laughs> Damn, I'm used to Bobby being so much louder, like much more engaged. Yeah, I'm just chilling, man. I'm I'm listening to what you guys had to say. I'm gonna have to start poking you with a stick. I didn't know you were in the Navy, though. Oh, shut up. <laughs> we're not making game military jokes, you asshole. All right. So, guerrilla warfare and insurgency warfare, I'd say, are about the same thing, but the difference between both guerrilla warfare and just insurgency, I would say, is the insurgency uses guerrilla warfare. Um, 
and this is coming from a retard. I'm sure. Do you, would you agree on that, Pib, coming from a military no, perspective? No, no. See, to me, insurgency has to have a cause behind it. It doesn't okay. matter if, you know, religious, political, and guerrilla warfare. I mean, of organized military can use guerrilla warfare tactics. But I think if it's, uh, say, rebels using them, that's when it becomes insurgency. But if, say, the U.S. military went to war with, I don't know, fucking Brazil, and they started using them, it's not insurgency because it's an actual organized military. It's already, like, it's just an organized military cutting their squads down to, like, six to 12 people to do what they were doing back in the 50s. <laughs> well, if you think about it, that's what Special Forces even is. And citizening 20 people, you send like a group of fucking five to go oh. fuck, kick ass and collect some skulls. That's fair. I'd agree yeah. with that. I would definitely agree with that definition for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, you to be an insurgency, like you said, you gotta be not an actual organized military. Have to have an opposing cause to usually the government. Yeah, I was gonna say usually like either your own oppressive state or someone else that's another one that's invading your country. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't know, y'all. I'm fucking Russian. We've never invaded anyone. Allegedly. Yes, we were just reclaiming all land, you know? They were just borrowing it. America, you know, we... I, how many countries have we not invaded? Oh, God. You, well, you see, there's a difference. Y'all do it for oil. Russia does it because, you know, we just like fighting, I guess. Really? <laughs> what was the 1970 Soviet war in Afghanistan then? I don't know what you're talking about. We got <laughs> invited there to play some military games. <laughs> it wasn't ever oil? No, no, it was uh, just a friendly game. You know, they were like, hey, Soviet Union, come play with this. And we were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's when you met your good friends, the Mujahideen. Yes, yes. And, you know, they still come over from time to time for uh, chatting and to play, I don't know, fucking Monopoly. I mean, at least you guys could admire each other's AKs. Yeah, because, you know, there's nothing more fucked up than killing someone, taking their gun, and then killing their fucking buddies with it. Speaking (laughs) of that, I was just, like, every fucking TV show and movie that I watch where the one side has AKs and the other side are fighting with just pistols. Somehow the motherfuckers with pistols kill the dudes with AKs, but then they don't even pick up their AKs to fight uh, the rest. No, I laugh when they, it's like, what is it? Oh, God. Fucking infuriates me. Oh, fuck. What is the show? It's like Criminal Minds and stuff like that, <laughs> where they're against like guys who are like laying down full auto fire and they got their little fucking pistol and they're just dropping each one of them. Right, it's just like, dude, no fucking way. Like, if these dudes had AKs, you're all fucking toast. My favorite thing is where they're getting shot at with something high-powered, like a 30 yard 6 or... Fuck, I've seen it done with a dragon off and a fifty caliber, and they're hiding behind the car door, and that doll stops everything <laughs> from it. And it's like, no, you would have been fucking killed. 
I always love the drug cartel episodes where they're like laying down fire with like PKMs and stuff. And they're just like sitting behind the fucking car with like the fucking AR and the PKMs just ricocheting. The bullets seem to be ricocheting off the car door. Dude, I want one of those fucking car doors on my truck, dude. I love the times where they get shot with something like, again, I've seen it with the dragon off, like in the hand. And they're like, I'm bleeding. It's like, yeah, your hand would be gone. Sorry, (laughs) but at least you get a cool pirate hook, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to amputate well, no, you're not going to have to fucking amputate. It's already going to be amputated. <laughs> yeah, that surgery was already performed at the Dragon <laughs> Surgical. <laughs> now I understand the definition of surgical precision. I mean, like I said, there's just something so fucked up about killing a dude, taking his gun, and then when his buddies come looking, you kill them with that gun. I think my favorite thing about war shows and all that where they're like never having to fucking reload yeah ever well not just that but the compliance to the geneva convention is very high oh (laughs) yeah you know on the insurgents end too on the insurgents end it's even that high (laughs) yeah like i love the fucking uh you know it's even in Russian movies where some dude like killed eight people, surrendered, and they're like, oh, we'll let you go. It's like, no, he would have been just shot right in the face if they were nice, maybe in the stomach, and they just watch him bleed to death. I mean. All right. What is your eyes? Is I like, okay, this is a very tricky question, but against large governments, I'm not naming any specific ones uh, in the U.S. Um, how effective do you think insurgents using military, uh, using guerrilla warfare tactics are against you know large government systems? Very. It depends. Really? Okay. Well, see, I want to see your reason. It depends. So. I'm back in the Russian military and we're sent somewhere like, uh, let's just say, again, Brazil, because I can't get that country out of my head for some reason. I don't fucking give a shit about Brazil and (laughs) I don't want to be there. I'm not going to be fighting the insurgents that hard because what do I care about? It's not my country. But if it's insurgents invading Russia... I'm going to fight a lot harder. And it's also based on, is it your own people? Because if I think someone's going to kill me from a different country, I'll fucking put them in the dark. When if it's someone from my own country, there's that little more hesitation where, you know, your brain tells you we're from the same country. Surely they aren't really wanting to kill me and I don't want to kill them. Okay. On the side note, I'm going to send both of you guys a link to a video of just what I keep thinking whenever he keeps bringing up Brazil. Oh, God. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I was just going to say very effective because of if we're talking about America. Oh, especially it, it especially shines on the U.S. Yeah, like how many wars has America really won? Not would- that well, I would, well, first, a lot of people bring up, you know, Viet Cong. They held off the United States until the North Vietnam brought in, like, organized an actual conventional military. 
Uh, they they and they were very good at it too. Yeah. Using ironically our weapons for the most part. For anybody that not as ironic know, as the fucking Taliban. Well, no, no, no. The um for anybody that didn't know, the actual main weapon of the Viet Cong was mainly the M1 carbine. Just fighting fire with fire. Yeah, no. But if you guys uh watch the little video I sent you guys, that's that's what I think of uh whenever Pip brings up Brazil. But I mean, if we want to go further, we've been in Afghanistan for what twenty five years. Shit, has it been? I remember we've got a newspaper somewhere from Russia that's like America promises war in Middle East will be over in two years, and it's like, oh, oh no. Jeez, that's like my whole fucking life. God, yeah, no, I. I We've been in Afghanistan longer than I've been alive. Um, that is fighting ridiculous. basically the same people, too, if you think about it. Yeah, the same people that we armed. Yeah. That's the more entertaining part. We armed these people initially and we trained them. We didn't just arm them. We trained them. We trained the Mujahideen. No, we trained... We, which one did you... Yeah, we trained the Mujahideen because they were the ones fighting the Soviets. The Soviets trained Al-Qaeda. No, no. Actually, you're wrong. The fucking no. Mujahideen became fucking Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. Really? Yeah. I know the Soviets trained one of them because there was it was a proxy war at one point. Oh, excuse me, sorry. No, here's what happened. So the Mujahideen and the fucking, they both became the Taliban. So I guess they joined up and said, yeah. ah, well, fuck it. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. The Soviets trained Al-Qaeda and the Americans trained the Mujahideen. And then they became the Taliban and started fucking over both sides. Uh, that, that's some uh, insurgency right there. That's some real shit. That's like a fucking double scoop of insurgency. <laughs> oh, really? I love it. <laughs> You're going to if, Brazil. You know, if Sabu, if fucking Sap is listening, you know what I'd love? A fucking, uh, like a cereal box with Iraq and Iran on it with, uh, you know, two scoops of insurgency. It doesn't help when we tore Saddam from power too. The Taliban was just like, "Cool, free, free." It, they just whispered, "It's free like, real estate." Yeah, I was about to be like, "It's free real estate." <laughs> that's all it is. It's just free real estate. That's that's all the Taliban said. And we've been fighting over there for technically we've been fighting over there since the early nineties. So we've almost been there for we've been there for technically, I believe, twenty eight years. It's just oh, in the Middle was... East alone. We've been bombing yeah. Yemen for the last 12. Um, yeah, like I said, my granddad kept it. Whenever y'all false went to the Middle East, there was a newspaper that Russia reported the U.S. was like, we'll be done in the Middle East in two to three years. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> y'all are a little off. In two to three years later. Ten years later. <laughs> Yeah, well, you don't you don't want to stop, you know, fighting there for that oil. I mean, it's not even oil at this point. <laughs> and the drugs, you know, the like, poppy fields. 
I mean, we're fighting for the Saudis at this point. So fun fact, uh, I'll see if I've got some pictures to send y'all. I remember in Russia, we had some uh, fucking artist. One of those people that just puts up random stuff like this represents this. And he put uh, cardboard cutouts of American soldiers in the cooking oil aisle. (laughs) I remember you told me about that. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. How effective do you think uh, American civilian insurgents would be against the United States government in Minecraft? Not at all. Yeah, I feel like it'd be pretty tough. Because, and here's my reasoning, because most people that talk shit about, oh, I do this, they're not really going to fucking do it. So, well, not at all. No, no, no. There's a difference between the ones that talk shit. I'm saying the ones that actually do it. Like, the ones oh. that would be down, the ones that are completely, like, I'm not saying... Like, do you think our insurgent, the population that says that they would cause insurgency is as large as it is? Okay, so so I think it would start out very, very shitty. People people like you, myself, I'm not going to say Bobby because I don't know Bobby well enough. Here's my answer. It would start out very shitty and it would get better because the American people aren't there's never really been walls in America since fucking the colonial days. I disagree. But once people learn, okay. okay, this is how we do it, it would get a lot more intense. So basically, not for lack of trying, but at first, it would be god-awful. Okay. The lack of, uh, yeah, just because the lack of, like, American people being okay with violence in their everyday okay. life, okay. like minimal. I actually and think there's another reason I think because too many people who uh, would know what to do, you know, veterans, stuff like that, they'd be the false ones to go and fight. When if you know how to fight, you're more important as a instructor than a fucking fighter. I actually disagree with you guys. I think the only thing that, if there was to be a surgency in the United States, this is theoretical, all right? I think that the only thing that Americans would struggle with at first are two things. Uh, A would be, well, not three things. A would be communications to other parts of the countries. All right. B would be definitely working together. I don't know if that makes sense. Let, let, let me let me explain. I think a lot of American groups would have problems working alongside one another because they would want to tell each other what to do, all right? Yeah, like I don't want to team up with Antifa. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't... No, no, you see, man, you got the wrong idea. You team up with people you don't like and then use them as fucking cannon fodder, and then you don't have to kill them later on. Oh, Jesus. Um, Anyway, and I think that um, a lot of uh, these groups, without a correct individual inside them, 
would definitely struggle on things like resource management, all right? Now, on the flip side, though, when we look at things like Battle of Athens, all right? Riots that we've had recently, all right? Things like that, okay? So if you take the idea of what we've had recently, all right, with the riots where police were almost overrun because that's 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 going to be the first thing that hits the ground right police are going to be the first thing in an insurgency that goes to stop it and that's that's on them you know because the government's not going to realize it's a threat immediately it's not going to be like oh this guy is you know doing shit we're going to hit federal you know they didn't even hit federal levels until fucking the dude in parkland just walked out basically you know so you have to you have to put that in the mind, all right? Now, because if you're going to hit like an insurgency, you're going to hit in things like crowds, right? Where there are going to be riots, you're going to hit in things because this is this is a cool thing about the United States. A lot of the information on anything guerrilla warfare tactics, insurgency tactics, things like that are not censored. We can look it up. That doesn't mean that we don't go onto a list because the government finds out that we bought the book or this, that, and the other thing, you know. But what I'm saying is that we have full access to learning about it, all right? So groups that are smart are going to hit in things like crowds. They're going to hit, you know, they're going to hit police stations immediately. They're going to hit, you know, they might even hit military bases because for anybody that doesn't know, military bases are not incredibly well armed outright, you know, things like that. Right. Well, you got to also think of the fucking meme everyone shares about when someone's like, well, the military has fucking tanks. Yeah, well, they've got families in the U.S., so, you know. Well, not just that, but back to what I was saying is that insurgency groups that know what they're doing. And let, let's say that, you know, 100 insurgency groups form, right? And we'll, we'll cut them down to 12 per group. So that is 1,200 people, all right? And we'll say, let, let's take my home state, for example. We have Fort Carson and we have the Air Force, you know, we have the uh, Air Force Academy, all right? As from looking at an insurgency group standpoint, you have six people, or six to 12 people, all right? Because that's the effective size for a, a guerrilla tactics group. We've already established that with, you know, just talking about special forces, okay? They're small groups of people. You know, you can fuck up a lot of shit. You can fuck up the local police station. You can fuck up the town over his local police station, things like that. I think some of these groups would be able to hit very quickly and make a very devastating effort right out of the bat. I think it would definitely plummet right after the first effort, though. And then it would go back up. Does that make sense? It would be... It, it would, in my opinion, it would look a lot similar to prime example, the IRA car bombing the British embassy. Okay, so you hit the police first, but then they're going to send in the military right after. Well, you're already gone by then. You've done your work. You've dismantled the police. It's like Battle of Athens. What did they do? They didn't send in the military in Battle of Athens. I mean, yes, that was, that was, that was, that was 70, well, it was still veterans. They're still, you know, going up against their government. 
they cut off old lines from around the area, you know. They literally yeah. cut off old communications around the area and they just took it, you know. You and you frame that into because initially, if you think if I'm right, the original group that fought in Battle of Athens started out as like 24 people or something like that. It wasn't big. If I'm correct, let me let me look this up. I will actually I will fact check this so I don't sound like uh, idiots. All right. So Battle of Athens. Let's see. Sorry, what'd you say? I'm I'm fact checking right now. Oh, okay. Right. So Battle of Athens, Tennessee. 30 to 60 organized men versus over 200 plus deputies. Yeah, if you do it right, like cutting off all communications so then they can't get uh, reinforcements. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can do so much shit and that's, that's just like, that's from Tennessee standpoint, you know? Yeah, of course, it's going to be a little bit more red state and stuff like that, you know? But like... If you think about it, this was 30 to 60 organized men versus almost three times their number, right? And this is people who they consider trained professionals who are, you know, trained to stop this kind of stuff. And this is police, which they, they really aren't trained to stop this, all right? That's fact. Police are not really trained to stop this. That's why they would be easy prime targets for starting shit on this, all right? Because if you, it, it works a lot like how, you know, voting dogs do things. If you vote locally, it can make an impact, you know. If you start at a local level, you can make an impact and work up to a federal level. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if you hit, you hit, say you have, you know, three groups, all right? So that's 36 guys, all right? How easy is it to make thermite? How easy is it to make napalm? How easy is it to make pipe bombs? How easy is it to make an IED? I wouldn't know. I'm a good boy. You lying <laughs> sack of shit. Um, hey, I shit before the podcast. I am empty of that shit. You empty sack of shit. Um, but <laughs> think about it. You know, the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, any of those groups they have a guy who literally just knows how to make an IED in a basement with civilian parts that can take out a Humvee and almost everybody inside of it, you know? Yeah, and they yeah, mass, no. they mass produce it. What do you do when you take, you know, say 36 guys, you split them into three groups. So you got 12 of them. You hit three different areas in your look in your area. So, like, let's say within a hundred mile radius, you hit all three areas at the same time. All right. Then say we'll even up the ante. All right. You say you don't even hit three areas. You hit two different areas. All right. You hit fast. You hit hard, and then you use the third one to start cutting down things like communications, destroying power lines, destroying you know power like what are they called? where you have, uh, like... Substation. Yeah, like things like substations, you know, where you destroy even city networks where... Because the police are focused on the fact that you just fucking nuked a police station. And that's exactly what they do in Iraq as well. They hit a 
American base and then they go and do the shit that they actually want to do, you know? A little uh, divergent. Yeah. You literally use yourself as poison. Let's be honest here. How hard... I'm sure you at one point you all have driven across the cop shop, you know? Y'all know where it is. Y'all know what... Like, most of the time, like, at least in my area, and I'm not saying I'm going to do any of this. This is all just talking about actual insurgency, all right? I'm not saying any of this, but cop shop in my area, you can almost just walk into. My nearest cop shop is... So I live in an unincorporated town. The nearest cop shop to me is fucking 80 miles away, and we've got two bridges in town. That's the only way in. Yeah, but like nothing in old reality, if you think about it, nothing has actually changed in local forces since since Athens, Tennessee, the Battle of Athens, all right? Nothing has changed. They don't, it's not like you're going to walk up to the cop shop and there's going to be two guys at the fucking front entrance with you know ARs you know it's not it's not gonna happen it doesn't work at military base I mean getting on the military base is a difference but it doesn't work in foreign military bases it does which are base let's be honest foreign military bases are basically local police at this point in time all right most guys that get deployed probably don't see that much action and they just sit on foreign base, you know? Oh, yeah. They, it's almost literally just local police, except it's the military, you know? I'd even argue that if you're somewhere really fucking quiet, you're basically it's summer camp for grown-ass men. Yeah, basically. It's like, uh, it's like when you watch a veteran's joke, Kuwait isn't actually a deployment, you know? That's definitely fucking true. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Bobby? Have I have I come to change your mind at all? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I definitely the police. They're like more trained to handle, you know, like everyday situations, not like twelve dudes rolling up on the police station with like, and not just like. A bunch of people like uh, a riot where they're like just trying to set the police station on fire and they have no fucking like firearms on them at all. No, like dudes going up to make sure they take ca- they make casualties, you know? Yeah. Well, right. fucking look at uh, even the big uh, riot, fucking protest, whatever you want to call it. Uh, whenever fucking well, they stormed the Capitol, whatever. They had no guns and just pretty much walked fucking in. Right, I mean, and that's defense, like, much, isn't really like a, this isn't domestic terrorism. Them going into the capital if none of them are fucking no. armed, then not armed. Like, but here, I don't know if either of you guys have seen this video, uh, this movie. It's called Rampage. It actually is probably the prime example of what I'm describing. It is a singular guy in a small town. All right. This dude literally buys body armor plates or plates that would be resistant to local police firearms, all right? Now, this 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 guy's actually crazy. He's, he's much, it's, he's like, uh, if you kind of spliced an insurgent with one of the Columbine kids almost, all right? 
he like he feels like it's his job to like clear out scum, you know? Yeah. But like, have you my, ever have you ever seen the movie Rampage? Yeah, I feel like I may have, but I don't really, really seen clips from point. it. Yeah, okay. So I remember this movie and this was back when I was a conservative and I didn't understand really what was going on but I, now that i look back and think about the movie and everything he did this perfectly all right and i'm amazed that they like let this be a movie all right well, i think it's on netflix it was at one point it might still be here right? i mean i have a netflix account I'll check. let me see here yeah i okay, think I was- uh, example everyone knows look at fucking uh killdozer man who literally fucking uh, yeah i mean killdozer granby i i live in the state of colorado i know about that pretty fucking well who just said fuck it i've got a bulldozer and a welding machine yeah one, one of the rampage movies is on netflix not the first one uh, okay also okay. the dude that flew the private plane into that like irs building yeah but um so rampage this is how it all starts so he is, he's very much a what he does is very much that guerrilla tactic like hit and go kind of stuff so and he's very political with his points he really he actually doesn't even seem to try to target out really anybody except for the government except for the first like in the first movie he does a little bit of his own personal killing kind of shit all right but he doesn't really seem to target out anybody else in other movies from what i've noticed all right he only seems to really target the corrupt and that make the quote-unquote the corrupt but in the first movie what he literally does is he takes his car all right he rigs it with explosives and he gets himself in like a pretty he basically does it this is the perfect you remember the homemade body armor of the uh of the northern california bank robbers yeah yeah that's what he basically does he basically makes himself a full body full body armor against you know things like nine millimeter basically handgun rounds aren't going to affect him it might knock him down knock the breath out of him but he's going to be able to get back up right because that, that's what they did in Northern California. If anybody doesn't know about what happened with that, it was a bank robbery. It went horribly for both SWAT and police. They were actually buying AR-15s and stuff from gun shops around and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I think, I, I've heard of that, yeah. Yep. They. they I didn't know about that, but the example I can think of homemade body armor is fucking Australia's Ned Kelly. Yeah. But, so, this guy... Rigs his car with like explosives, like pretty, pretty big. All right. Basically, he gets in his car, he drives to downtown where there's cop shop. Mind you, it's a small town. So it's a little bit, if I was to say insurgency wise, easier target than if you were to like say like downtown Houston. All right. Like that, that's going to be a lot different kind of target for like this kind of stuff, you know? He's in a small town. He's got his own little, like, it's basically downtown is that small town downtown kind of thing. He drives his car. So he, you know how you can basically rig old cars to just keep driving, even new cars, just by basically, like, throwing enough weight on the gas pedal to keep going. He basically does that. The car goes through the front. He detonates the car, blows up the police station. 
and basically starts clearing the area solo all right and this guy's got like a handgun maybe or like several a couple handguns probably like 200 rounds it's not incredibly accurate but the idea is the amount of terror he causes and the amount of confusion and what's going on as he does it is massive yeah one person yeah that's just one person that's the idea of one person hitting one area out of nowhere it's prime example something similar boston bombing Uh, the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah, that that was crazy. Yeah, two uh, two fucking dudes took out a fucking what a city block almost. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, two fucking and I'm not I'm not just the Boston bombing was an actual tragedy should have happened for all the wrong reasons on why it happened this that and the other thing. I'm not even saying that using violence in general is a right reason. What I'm saying is like the amount that even just a couple people can do to cause because you know that there were no other police in that city other than in that area once that happened they were all there you know yeah and then 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 it's uh you know then you just gathered all of the enemy together yeah and I think an uh, important thing if you're going to be doing guerrilla warfare, especially at the beginning, would have to be false flag operations to get more people on your side. You know, you dress up like cops and go start shooting people. They're going to blame the cops. Yeah, that's I smart. Mean, there is so much shit that you can do with guerrilla warfare just to cause chaos. I mean, this is a big one. This is actually where I got, like, I'm not saying I got an idea, but I got an idea of what people can do, all right? You ready for this shit? I remember during the Black Lives Matter protests, right? They were, I don't remember which city it was. I think you'll know the, the occurrence I'm talking, at least one of you will know the occurrence I'm talking about, all right? So the police gathered together during those kinds of things because they're rioting, you know? It was starting to hit evening. They're trying to enforce curfew. And the next thing you hear is like 10 gunshots ring out and like two officers are down. That kind of idea alone, the the amount, you know, that fucking the rest of the department was over in that area trying to sweep out the person that did that, you know? Yeah, I actually didn't know about that. Yeah, it happened during the black, the big protests and all that. It was near the end. Uh, I don't remember which city or anything it was in, but, like, it's things like that. Or, for example, the protests were happening in California, and they fucking shut down one of the city's power grids for two days. Because they hit the power grid while while all the cops were busy dealing with the protests. I actually didn't watch anything on those protests, to be honest. I know you didn't, but what I'm saying is these examples of, like... Just this kind of stuff, but go and move it over to a controlled group of people. Even people that don't say have prior military experience, like people like me, where I have this knowledge. I'm not saying I want to use it or I'm going to use it. What I'm saying is I have this knowledge of how this works. And it's like it's a cause and surge. It doesn't take much. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, like, people in, like, the rice farmers in Vietnam that 
probably never studied how you know warfare or even guerrilla warfare just give them guns and you know they just they they, defend against the entire u.s military i mean here's another thing uh people may be surprised but usually as a local all right the local to an area you will still know the area better than the police ever will Yeah, because they had to be, they're on beats, like they're on the, you know, they got the same beat, so they got to be on the same, like, path all the time. I mean, prime example, and I hate to go back to it, but the Boston Marathon bombing, it took them, what, two days to navigate through the city just to try to find these guys? Or 12, it was like at least 12 hours or something before they caught at least one of them, let alone the second one, you know? Like those, they knew exactly how to maneuver through the city, get uh, get away from where cops would be immediately looking, and things like that. It's yeah, I think like, the best the best strategy is like, well, like uh, Piv said, to definitely you know make it seem like uh, like a false flag, and you know blame the cops, but also you hit an area. And then all of them gather. Yeah. And then I mean, the first thing was just to get them all gathered. And then you just take them all out. It's sitting ducks. Well, I mean, here's here's a big one, right? This was actually, I know that you don't listen to the podcast, but Biting the Bullet podcast, I'm sure you've heard of them before. Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, fucking, they brought it up in one of their earlier episodes, one of their Boogaloo episodes, right? Where it was just like, even if you make a call that you think that there's a bomb here, 75% of the police station is going to show up in the area. You have almost full control over the rest of the area during that time. You don't even have to deal with the police station. You know, you don't even have to deal with that force. You can get whatever the fuck you want done during that time. Yeah, because they, they make a perimeter, but then you can just make a perimeter around them. Yeah. And this is shown and been proven in foreign wars as well. Viet Cong. You know, fucking they would, the American military would single out villages, right? Well, the Viet Cong would just move around that and either start shooting into them or start doing whatever the fuck they wanted to, you know? The IRA. That's a big one. That's a big one that shows... I mean, like, the war between Britain and the IRA didn't have a huge amount of casualties, but what the IRA did, they were very good at. They were really good at causing chaos and getting done whatever the fuck they wanted to when they did it, you know? And a big thing behind guerrilla insurgencies that a lot of people don't understand is that there's a huge mental warfare behind that because you start setting off bombs, you start making bomb threats, you start, you know, firing, you know, shots in the cops, you know, you start doing this, that, starting, you know, it's like when, you know, people, you know, burst an AK at a military complex, you know, you know, you start people start getting afraid, you know, am I going to get capped next? Am I going to get picked off? Like, is this going to be an actual bomb? Like how big is this going to be? This, that, and the other thing. It instills a lot of fear. And that was the, what the IRA were really proficient at. They instilled a fuck ton of fear. Yeah. And that's a good way to, you know, that's another way to level the playing field. Especially if you're, you know, outmanned and outgunned. 
you got to make the enemy afraid of like anything that they're going to do that it could be a bomb or you guys could be popping up. Yeah, no, I get that. What are your thoughts, Pip? Huh? What are your thoughts? Uh, I just think that, you know, it's something you've got to go case by case with. There's definitely a uh, big part of it. I mean, if you've got people, again, if I'm looking for bombs on the ground and someone pops out of, you know, the rock line above us, Yeah, back to the beginning where you were like, because there, there's so many parts to things like that that make it a ordeal, but that makes sense. Does that make sense? Like six guys alone can cause enough terror to pull hundreds of guys to the scene and not even be there when they get there and be doing their own thing, you know? And this is just, this is tip of the iceberg kind of stuff, you know. This isn't like getting into like, you know, complex guerrilla warfare books or, you know, this is basic knowledge, you know. And this is stuff that even veterans will tell you. Like, they'll be like, yeah, you know, if we saw any foul play, it would hold us up for, you know, an hour, three hours, whatever, until we got, you know, bomb squad out there, until we got, you know, you know, more commands from higher ups and all that to say we can keep going, you know, because you can, oh, yeah. go. you can stop entire Like that's a nice, that's the difference between, you know, insurgency warfare versus conventional military warfare is that, you know, you have a lot less rules when you're doing insurgency. Actually, you have no right. rules when doing insurgency. Like here's an example. So like we were told before, by a local village, like, look, you know, there's IEDs on this road, don't go. And the fucking Russian military said, yeah, even the heavy-ass T-90 tank they could easily take, most IEDs with nothing but a busted track, no, can't move forward. So we were stuck there for, like, fucking, I think around six hours whenever the EOD team came up just to sweep the road and there wasn't fucking anything there. And you know, by the time that you guys got there, the guys that were doing all that shit, like the ones that probably called in, were gone. Oh, yeah, they were gone. Poof. It's gone with the wind. It, it was like they never existed, you know? But they held yeah. you up for six whole fucking hours. That's now, a lot you know, of the, time. Yeah, now the <laughs> fucked up thing is what was common is they fucking hold you up somewhere, and then the people who we parted, oh, yeah, there's IEDs would go tell them, and then you'd get fucking mortars and artillery shot at you. Yeah, that's another thing, too. And, you know, in a lot of movies and shit, and given it's a very flight or a flight response, you know, it's crawl underneath the tank, which is all good and well until the tank maneuvers or backs up over your ass. Ugh. 
and then he looked like a tube of fucking toothpaste. <laughs> All right. This is a question for both of y'all. If, because tensions are high right now, I will admit, like, I don't know if you guys agree with me. Tensions in the United States are pretty high right now. I think that it is basically like a divorced couple that is staying together for the kids, and it's only a matter of time before uh, mommy or daddy stabs the other one multiple times in their sleep and kidnaps the child. Okay. I mean, like, what, what do you think, Bobby? Do you think that tensions are kind of high in the United States? Uh, yeah, definitely. Especially when you, I mean, you could just look at the news and the amount of fucking, like, just, you know, crime and shootings and shit that's been going on. Like, you know, it's on the rise right now because of, like, lockdowns and fucking protests and, you know, all that shit. I, how could you not say it's high, you know? Yeah. People are still protesting. Like, to this day, people are still protesting. Yeah. And here's my thing, and this is something that actually made me realize that government is fucking useless, is basically, A, they told you against each other, and two, here's, here's what most government fucking is now, especially someone in the U.S. with a uh, two-party system. Like, Russia, we've only really had fucking basically conservatives. But half the fucking presidency, if not three quarters, isn't even been changing anything. It's spent taking everything back the last dude did, and then it's just going to fucking keep happening. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, so I think that it's only a matter of time before the two sides start killing each other. And, you know, that's going to lead to a very for us or against us mindset where if you know you're in a red area and they say oh you're a conservative and you say no or i don't want to be in this they're gonna say well then get out or get fucked okay i would say tensions are pretty high uh especially with uh i'm sure you guys have seen the meme where it's just like uh who is it it's a it's a cartoon character he's just like if i had a nickel for every single time Uh, The president said that he would bomb civilians. I'd have two nickels, which is not a lot, but still kind of weird to happen twice. Oh, yeah, you're talking about uh, fucking Sniffy Longstockings. Yeah. And things like uh, recently, the Facebook, uh, you know, have you been seeing extremist content stuff, you know, or have you, like, you know of extremists, you can report them, or like somebody with ex- extremist ideals or values, or this, that, and the other thing, you know? I don't know fucking shit. I don't know what the fuck you're talking We're not extremists here. We're just discussing extremists. I don't even speak fucking English. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I'm Russian. I'm already on the government's fucking shit list. So that leads me to the question if in if, in theory, the United States was to have insurgencies break out against the government, do you think that they would be enforced, like, uh, funded or supported by foreign powers? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Which foreign powers? China and Russia. Yeah. <laughs> China, Russia, like, anyone that benefits from having the American empire fall. Yeah. 
You see, Russia wouldn't do that. Here's what Russia would do in my experience. They'd say, oh, hey, they're, you know, American insurgents. Here's some guns and tanks, and we'll even send some uh, special forces soldiers to instruct y'all on how to fight. Oh, you overthrew your government and are now super weak? Cool. Well, now all those cool teachers are coming to kill you. See, that's the problem, though, is that I think, funny enough, I think countries like China and Russia would take advantage of that first and find that they ran into more problems because now you've trained them to fight against you as well. And like, I'm going to be honest, I give this a little too much credit. So no, I do give this a little bit too much credit, but the American mentality of kill anything that's an enemy to like my ideal, you know, is kind of a big thing. I'm not saying like, oh, you don't believe in, you know, you're not a conservative, so I have to kill you kind of shit. All I'm saying is, oh, you think that you're going to invade my land. That kind of idea, you know? Because you have to remember, you have to think about it, is that even say cut, uh, so say eventually one-third of the United States, all right? So one-third of gun owners. We'll just even say one-third of gun owners. We'll even cut it down even smaller, all right? One-third of gun owners go, hey, all right. So we will work together to build a new theory. Let's, let's just, we'll, we'll go with something that is more suited towards our ideals, a minarchist state, all right? So a third, a third of, you know, like a gun, just a third of the gun owner population goes, we'll build a minarchist state and we'll keep, we'll, we'll try to find a way to keep government down and all that, this down the other thing. It, it's, it's horseshit on the government end. We're not talking about government here, but we'll build a minarchist state. All right. That amount of people is still more armed than the Chinese military ever will be. And now they have the American military's uh munitions as well meaning now well, we have, you know what On now that, we have m1 abrams now we have you know now we have the nuclear subs <laughs> you, you, that, you, know, you know i've got a local cafe and you know the owners are from china they're cool people yeah. but the guy was telling me he's like oh you're russian military is like i was in the pla i'm like oh that's fucking cool and we go shooting and he's like, oh, yeah, well, we weren't taught how to load the gun. It's like, wow, so you get, what, 30 rounds before you're like, well, that's Wait, my what? fucking job. Are you serious? Yeah, he's like, well, you know, I only learned how to shoot the gun, not reload it. And I'm like, what? So what's the plan? Shoot your 30 rounds and then be like, oh, here you go. Trade me guns. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Holy shit. Yeah, and then he's like, well, you know, we were taught to dig foxholes like six inches deep. It's like, yeah, that's going to protect you from uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's, they are just cannon fodder. Yeah. I mean, it's better than the North Korean military. Have you seen their training videos where there was one more dude unloads on their fucking AK? I think it's like the Type 59 or whatever unload salty rounds from like 20 feet away and it's like it hit five times it's like yeah given that would kill them 
but it's going to be a lot harder when you're getting shot at, too. From further away. Yeah, I mean, and not to mention, you know, fucking everyone's always asking me about North Korea. There's a picture of them using a fucking hexagonal magazine. They're like, it yeah. holds 100 pounds, so they have to reload less. It's like, yeah, but that fucking magazine probably count. weighs about fucking eight pounds on top of the nine pound AK. It's going to be so front heavy. Good luck with your malnourished soldiers aiming that thing. Yeah. That's the one thing that people say. You know, well, if you cause an insurgency and collapse everything, then other countries would come in. I think Russia would have the best bet, and Russia might even take some land, all right? I, I'll, I, I will openly say that, and I think that we would actually willingly give them over California. Um, if I'm going to be 100% like honest, I would say that we would actually easily peace treaty into giving them something like California, all right? See, I think you're wrong there. I think China would get California and somewhere like Russia would take fucking Texas. Because I've said it before, Texas is basically desert Russia. I mean, there's the same fucking mindset. I don't think so. I think that Texans have too much of a mentality to think that Russia's bad. You know, like Russia bad kind of shit. Okay, yeah, saying, fair enough. I yeah, mean. yeah, okay. So, like, I because I've, I've always been the person who's just like, I'd be cool with, like, trying to make, like, some kind of peace treaty with Russia for once, you know? Like, one that's, like, actually not fuck you, Russia, but, like, actually just, like, hey, we're cool with each other, you know? Give them Florida, then. Swamp, Texas. No, we're not giving them... Take, like, New York or something. I'd give China New York, and I'd give Russia fucking California. I have more respect for Russia than I do for China. Oh, you know, I would love to see, because, you know, you've got the stereotypical california of a sheltered life imagine just fucking russia where it's like oh yeah well you want this comfort <laughs> nope yeah but like that that's the kind of thing i could see if like say united states collapsed and then you know our you know our lovely funders asked for land we'd probably end up giving china part of like part of, we'd give them like things like new york probably rhode island and like a couple other states in that area and we give Russia California, basically, because I can actually I can see Russia doing a lot more funding than China would, because I agree with you guys. I feel like China and Russia would fund insurgencies, but I see Russia doing it a lot more, if that makes sense. The fuck was that? What was what? Your fucking mic played something out of the background. Um. Yeah, I was trying to fucking, she fell asleep, and since, I don't know fucking why, but she insists on leaving the TV on volume, so I was fucking pulling it down. Okay. But yeah, that, that's exactly, that's what I think, at least. Like, we could be completely wrong. They could just drop nukes after that. we fucking tear down the government, and, you know, it, it's all done for, you know? As long as I die in the explosion and not uh, grave with the fireflies, it, I'm good. Oh, jeez. What about you, Babadi? What are your thoughts? Like the afterthoughts, that kind I of would stuff. Also, die in the nuclear explosion as well. Oh yeah, no, I, I'll take the nuclear explosion. That's instant death, dude. Well, you see, I have a advantage. I'm Russian, and uh, that means I get a plus two to radiation resistance. If uh, video games have taught me anything, if I drink enough vodka, I'll be okay. 
That's a lie. We all knew that Vlad wasn't plus two the radiation resistance. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. <laughs> and, well, you see, to be fair, he was born in the Soviet Union and what is now Ukraine, so I don't think he had as much... Well, actually, he should have had more resistance. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So we've gotten that through. Any other topics that we want to hit? From either one of uh, you, you guys got any other topics on this kind of stuff that you kind of want to hit or talk about? I mean, you're the boss. I've been fucking walking so much. All I can think about is uh, eating. God, you're waiting for the after show so you can go grab some fucking food. Um, uh, no, I've actually, why do you think I've been so fucking crying? I've been eating. Oh, shit. All right. What about you, Bobby? Do you have any thoughts on this? Any thoughts towards the episode or any extra topics? Uh, yeah, fuck the state. Oh, yeah, no, fuck the state. I think we can all say that together. Fuck the state. Steak meat is delicious. Not fuck the steak. Fuck, fuck the state. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, you've convinced me on the definitely. I think the, the police are going to get the short end of the stick. They're going to get. They're, they're going to get the real ass whooping. Now, yeah. you know who I'm going after? The fucking firefighters. For no other reason than I want a fucking firefighter hat. <laughs> you could probably just ask them. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, if you walk up with a gun, you don't have to ask. I think that you understand. Most firefighters are volunteers and not government workers. Well, I know. That's why I don't want to hurt them. But if they will not give me the hat, you've got to take, you know, my tax money <laughs> probably paid for the hat. But, uh, yeah, then it'd be tough when because after you take out the police, if you do, well, I guess if you could do it uh, and cut off communications, they're not really sure what's going on. But definitely after you take out the police and they sell the military in, it's going to be that's going to be the real fight. Yeah, I you think, know how much I'd love to take a cop call just to turn on the siren. You know what? Once we take out the police, you uh, in Minecraft, yeah, you can uh, have the cop car. There would be a plethora of cop cars. That's that's oh, a, if that's I a big thing pick, too. I want a riot ban. That, that's the big thing too. We got to hit it in theory. Like that's a side note, right? Take out cops, right? You take out the police station. How are they going to tell which ones are cops and which ones are insurgents? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good plan. But yeah, that's a that's like a big side note. <laughs> also, now, here's something that I think we'd have to be careful about, and this is something else you've got to be careful about when you deal with intelligence. So a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, we'll kill them, and if they surrender, torture them, it's like, no, because then no one's going to fucking surrender. And they're going to fight way harder if, you know, five people surrender and you say, look, you're done. Or even if you lock them up in prison, then it's better than if you're skinning people for the next group to say, uh, yeah, well, I'm going to fight till I die because I don't want to be fucking skinned. I mean, like, put that into perspective, right? They exiled Stalin and Lenin for like three, like, uh, all together, they exiled them for like nine years. Like, it's, it's just removing the problem doesn't mean that it won't come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Temporary, let me rephrase, temporary removal of the problem does not mean that it cannot come back and bite you in the ass. There we go. 
the I mean, only... I that's why I got a bisectomine instead of relying on condoms. I don't think anybody needed to know that, bro. <laughs> smart man, smart man. But, yeah, no. I think that we pretty much have covered the topics that we wanted to cover. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think that we can close out this podcast. I would like to thank you, Bobby, for being on once again for the fifth, fifth, yeah, fourth time. For the fourth, fourth time. Yep. Thank you for being on my podcast for the fourth time. I'm sure I'll have you on for a fifth time in the future when we're I all in. <laughs> Okay, but thank you for being on. I do actually appreciate you coming on and you know having the talk again. Maybe uh, next time we get you on, we'll bring in Lost Boy and we'll talk crypto. Hell yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, because I know that you and him have been really into crypto lately. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know what I invest in? Fucking stock for Russian wall companies. <laughs> that's probably pretty fucking good. That, 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 that's probably just crypto, but... For- in a different way. I mean, you know how you know fucking Tula gave us an option where they're like, hey, we'll pay you half in fucking stock. And it's like, uh, yeah, okay, deal. <laughs> Holy shit. Tula's so a pretty like, Tula's a pretty badass company. Uh let's see. So all in all, from walking in the factory, I've got like 400 fucking shares of Tula somehow. What the fuck? Damn. I plan on putting them away and then giving them to my sister for when, if she decides to go back to college, she can have a pretty good nest egg. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, wow, you're a good brother. Okay, then. Oh, thank you, you know? I mean, to be fair, I probably should have sold, like, two of those shares instead of taking on extra jobs, but whatever. You should probably do that. (laughs) All right. So anyway, again, thank you, Bobby, for being on. I it's always fun to have you on my podcast. Yo, I appreciate you asking me on again. For sure, man. And I will have you on again in the future. We will. Yeah, it was good meeting you, man. Good luck with your dog business, dog watching, sitting. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm good actually remember, I've listened to the first podcast that you were on, and I remember that one. Yeah, you can go back and start listening to our podcast while you're watching dogs now. Ah, maybe if you want to make some extra money, you take all of my tidbits of American history and make it into a book for the future generations to learn from. He really wants somebody to write his American history book. Such as Prince Harriet Tubman. Yeah, you you would probably get a good kick out of the first episode, Bobby. Hell yeah, I'll, I'll definitely... And Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) All right. Uh, So you can reach us on. So I'm going to start giving out Twitters. You can reach me at Beardy Anarchy on Twitter. You can reach my lovely co host, Pib, at Pibnib on Twitter. And you can reach Bobby on HRP. With what three X's at the end? Yeah, it's stacks, but instead of ending in CK, it ends in three X's. So HR paper stacks on Twitter. You Man, can I'm reach PlayStation Network vibes from that. 
<laughs> you can reach you can find our podcast on twitter at icebox podcast and um see here anybody have any special shout outs they want to give any sponsors they want to drop or other people they want to drop into this oh yeah i'll shout out my sister i love you (laughs) and and do you got anything that you want to drop in bobby um i'll shout out my daughter cleo all right i'll shout out the former tower gang the former and, time. <laughs> uh, and uh, Tetsui's seventh account this month. Um, oh, yeah. Seven, like, seven Tetsui accounts. I know. He's. Uh, I'll shout out the fact that his account got unbanned this month. He got suspended, wasn't it, earlier this month or something? Or yeah, sorry, yeah. late last month, and then he just got like unsuspended again. How many times have you been suspended, Toast? It's what, like two? I have been suspended on my current account twice, and I have had a uh, one account permanent. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. By the way, I need to stop sending the Twitter support thing. This fucked up images. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank everybody who's coming and listened to the podcast. We really do hope that you listen. Uh, we really appreciate it if you share. I am now finally, uh, uh, this podcast is starting to cost me money. It costs me about 15 bucks a month. So the more you listen on Anchor, the faster I can get sponsored on Anchor and we can start up a Patreon so that we can start releasing uh, bonus. We'll start doing more bonus episodes and stuff for Patreon. This stuff will always be free to the public, though. That's a promise. And currently our bonus episodes are free to the public. But yeah, and the quicker we can buy ammo and the more, make me. The more you share, the more you, you know, let us know on Twitter, follow the Twitter and share the Twitter, all that kind of stuff. It's a huge help. And we really appreciate, you know, old listeners for coming in. We know that we have a small listener base right now, but we still appreciate it. But And, you know, maybe for the 100th episode, I will make a Prince Harriet Tubman fucking crochet thing and we'll send it to a random Boston. <laughs> we thank everybody and we hope that whenever you're listening to this, you have either a good night or a good day. And we will catch and- you on the next episode of the Icebox Podcast. Speaking of, my fucking... So I brought the food to my sister she ordered, and she told me that she has three more boxes waiting for her at the house. What the fuck? I don't know. She plans on living on fucking bubble tape, which I'm disappointed because everybody knows the superior American bubble gum is Big League Chew. Yeah, for like five seconds. Uh, yeah, but that's the best fucking five seconds ever, especially the sour green apple stuff. And it's a lot better than those shitty gumball machines. Oh, yeah, give me 25 cents so you can feel like you licked a little bit of flavoring. I'm glad that we didn't keep this in the podcast. The podcast sounds so professional. Oh, yeah. Now it's just shit posting. Uh, we're We're back to our normal selves.
well, I took another small handful of caffeine pills and ate something, so I'm good. Oh, congrats. Yeah. You and your 36-hour tirade. Oh, it wouldn't be the false time. And trust me, whenever I lay down in this shitty fucking hospital bed, chew, fucking chew, and ottoman, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> My stomach is sluggish with chicken meat and bubble gum. I will sleep for a while. Why did you swallow the bubble gum? Because I always forget to fucking, I'm too lazy to get up and spit it in the trash. So I'm like, well, fuck it. <laughs> this man shits rubber. Oh, uh, believe it or not. It's like not, my it's, fault. It's not me. the poop water hitting his ass cheek. It's just a legit turd. So my false week in the VDB, like in active combat, I was so novice. I did nothing but chew bubble gum and swallow it. And I was legitimately plugged up like, oh my God, you must have shit a fucking brick. I shit. And so I was away from the toilet and shit. And us being guys, you know, they were like, what the fuck? We uh, tried to poke it through with a stick and it snapped the stick in half. Holy shit. So you could pick it up with two sticks and throw it against a tree and it would fucking bounce. What the fuck? What the fuck, bro? Yeah. I mean, I didn't even eat food. I was swallowing nothing but gum and fucking coffee. So... Like, there are days Yo. where I, I will proudly say this man leaves me speechless most podcasts. What'd you say? He leaves me speechless most podcasts. Yeah, for real. Yeah, so I'm mainly just too lazy to fucking get up and spit the gum out. Just like sunflower seeds. I suck his dick with a smile for hours at a time Stare at his nutsack while I hold back my cum tonight And when he asks me what position I say doggy style And when they ask me what position I say doggy style The fact is I can never get off of his fat dick And all that they can ask is I just wanna smack it Here's what the fact is He can put my asshole in a casket Asshole in a casket